Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to focus on our monthly health topic, and we're going to look at the topic of retained placentas today. To talk about this, I'm joined today by Dr. Lindsay Wachter-Mead, who's a veterinarian and also an Extension Educator based in Webster County. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me again, Aaron. As we record this podcast, we're setting here at the 1st of March, and so for a lot of spring calving herds, they're starting to get underway or soon will be. One of the issues that sometimes takes place after calving is we have a cow with a retained placenta, and then there's also some questions that come up about now what do we do or what should we do. Uh, talk through with us what causes this, and then what are some things that a producer might want to visit with their veterinarian if they have a concern about retained placenta? Sure. So I, I feel like this is a common question that, that we get a lot in practice, um, you know, or a phone call immediately, like what's the next step or what should I be looking for? And so I think the, the easiest way for me to talk about it is to kind of explain a little bit of the physiology behind why placentas get retained. So it's, it's easy to back up just a little bit and think about the metabolic demands that that cow is going through in those like late the last few weeks of gestation and then going into early lactation. So she's putting all of her energy into growing that calf and then getting ready for parturition or birth. And so, and also her dry matter intake will voluntarily decrease by about 20%. So she's entering this negative energy balance where all this stuff is happening. And if she has the potential to have something already wrong with her, so for example, if maybe she has a mineral or vitamin deficiency, or if her immune system is not as, as up to speed as it should be, then she's going to be at more of a risk to have issues like a retained placenta after that. So, so that's the first thing I guess to look at even before we get into calving is, is kind of think about where are our cows at and just understanding the demands that are on, on them. And then if you start to have an issue with retained placentas or you and you kind of have, I'll use the word outbreak, but if you start to see more of them in their herd, then it's nice to kind of think back to why this is happening. So she's going into this and she goes through birth process. Um, and, and the way that we define retained placenta, I think is important to understand because it's, it's actually its own stage of labor. So just as a review, there's three stages of labor. The first one where the calf starts to go up into the birth canal, the second stage when the calf is actually born. And then the third stage is just labeled as the expulsion of the placenta, which should happen between three to eight hours after the calf is born. So the technical definition of retained fetal membranes or retained placenta would be if it's still there after 24 hours. And I was trying to look for a, a percentage that this would happen in beef herds. We don't, I couldn't find one specific for beef. I know that it's less represented in beef than it is dairy, but we know in dairies, it can be a big concern. We can get up to about 15%. Um, and again, you know, think about dairies, a lot of those can have some metabolic um, disturbances. So if calcium is off or something, but it's interesting that I did find this data point that it said um, in dairies, the, the sequela of retained placentas or what it leads to, such as like metritis or infection of the uterus, um, you know, drop in milk production can equal up to $386 per case. So it's significant. Um, you know, it's it's annoying that we see that hanging out, but if we're definitely having more than the occasional, then it's something to consider. As you looked at some of the research, are there any nutritional triggers? You mentioned vitamins, minerals that might lead to a greater incidence of this. 
Yeah. So nutrition is, is interesting because it can actually go both ways. So we do know that cows that are over-conditioned or cows that are actually in a higher body condition score are, are over-represented, just meaning we see it more often in, in beef cows that are that way, but also a deficiency like vitamin E or selenium, those two would probably come to the top of my mind that you might see more of a retained placenta issue with those. But the biggest, the biggest concern is probably going to be more I mean, nutrition is important, but also if you have anything that goes wrong during, during birth. So if you have an abortion or a stillbirth or twins, um, or if there was a dystocia, something in there, that's going to cause some interruption to the normal pathogenesis or the normal way that that uh, placenta releases and comes out, then you're going to have, you're going to be more of an increased risk for that. Also, repeat offenders, so cows that maybe last year or previous years have had retained placentas are more common to have them again. So again, that's a good benefit to keep good records, um, to, to make sure that you watch and see what's going on with those girls. If they're going to have consistent problems, then we need to investigate that. So you mentioned that if a cow's got a placenta still after 24 hours, it now, now falls into the qualified as being retained. When should a producer begin to think about having a conversation with their veterinarian in terms of thinking about a treatment for that? Yes. Yeah, so this is this is really important because the thought has changed, even from when I graduated veterinary school. So because she still has a placenta retained after 24 hours, we just give her that definition, but it doesn't mean we need to do anything. So honestly, most retained placenta cases are treated with what we call benign neglect. That just means don't look at it. <laughs> like just, just leave it alone and let it do its thing. And it's important to know what happens in, in the placenta and how, how the uterus and the placenta are formed together to kind of understand why it's important to leave it alone. So if you recall back the way the placenta is, it's attached at those buttons or those caruncles in, inside the uterus. And so when that cotyledon is attached there, it just, it's kind of like fingers. Okay. So they're just, they're attached like Velcro. And what happens is when, when they go through the whole birth process, there's this whole physiological event where there's cells like neutrophils and macrophages. So those cells are the ones that go in and start to basically eat away at bad stuff. And so I like to think of it like we're just slowly pulling off that Velcro connection. And so those cells are breaking that down. Now, if you, if you have a retained placenta, we know that maybe there's a decrease in the amount of those, those fighter cells that are there. And so that Velcro just isn't releasing quite as quick. However, if you've ever been around a cow with a retained placenta, you might start to, you, you know, they get kind of smelly and you know that there's something going on. Well, that's actually the bacteria starts to break down that Velcro connection. And so we know that if we just let we just let the body do its thing, it will actually start to release all of those connections inside of the uterus. And it basically will rot out on its own. So previously, when I was taught to just go in and try to pull them off or rip them off, that actually creates lots of damage in the uterus. So we know that creates little micro abrasions or little tears, which then will have that bacteria that's already in there that actually can get into the bloodstream. We're going to deal with, you know, metritis or major infection, and then actually lead to issues with um, fertility. So we could even make her, you know, that she won't be able to breed back the following year. So we don't want to do any forceful traction on that. We just want to let nature do its thing and, and just kind of release those little Velcro connections all across the uterus so that it can just come out on its own. Now, 
saying that there is there is a moment in time where you do need to intervene. And so that would be if your cow is sick. So there's a difference between a cow with just a retained placenta and she's still doing her thing and she's nursing and that calf is getting well and she's eating and things are happy. If you notice that that your cow is systemically ill or showing signs of, you know, she's depressed, she may have a fever if you check her, um, the calf isn't doing well because maybe she's not milking quite as much, then we need to do some intervention. And that's when you'll need to, you know, you want to have a conversation with your veterinarian about what should you do. Um, usually systemic antibiotics are the are the go-to uh, choice for that. But again, that's whatever conversation with you have with your veterinarian to set up that protocol. But that would be the, the one thing where you want to make sure you keep an eye on because it can take a while for that to, for the bacteria to break down and the placenta to release on its own. Um, and so you just want to make sure you monitor her closely. And if you do notice any of those signs of illness that you need to call your veterinarian. Anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight today? We talked about nutrition briefly, and um, I won't go into a lot of details in that, but if you do have an issue with having multiple you know, problems, you have multiple cows in the herd that are having it, then definitely start to look at things, um, you know, more than just an individual case. Is this a, is this a nutrition base? Is this a mineral base? Is there something that you can help to break that cycle? And then also kind of thinking about preventing it, just again, thinking about the, the metabolic demands that that cow has and late gestation, early lactation, just make sure that she's getting fed to, to meet those requirements and also kind of avoiding social stress in cattle. I know that's hard to do, but we know that there's a hormone called cortisol. And if cows are being introduced to other cows or they're, you know, they're not getting along or something, that cortisol level can increase significantly. And it actually even jumps even more during calving. And so we know that that can affect the immune system, which then might have an effect on the retained placenta. So feed your cows and keep them happy. It's, it's as easy as that. But, but those are some ways to maybe potentially prevent that from happening. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Thanks, Aaron. Well, for more information on animal health-related topics, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At that website, there are a number of resources related to animal health and care.